0: Welcome to the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week where I take your non-traditional questions directly from premedforms.com. If you haven't gone over there, sign up for a free account, you should do so. Again, that's premedforms.com. Today we have a great question about giving up on this dream or continuing. Before we jump in, though, I want to talk about the MCAT Minute brought to you by Blueprint MCAT and something common that has been coming up more and more, especially with the MSAR updating recently for new Uh, new stats from last year, as we're recording this in 2022, is it looks like MCAT scores are going up from the medical school side of things. And so the immediate conclusion, the easy conclusion to jump to is that it's getting harder to get into medical school because medical schools care about higher stats. And I don't think students can jump to that conclusion because the MCAT on average is getting higher scores all test takers on average are getting higher scores because the average now for the MCAT, when this new 2015 MCAT started in 2015, it was an average of 500. That that was when you looked at the bell curve, it distributed to 500 was the average. Now, the newest data shows that the average is actually 501.5. It has gone up one and a half points on average. But the increase for accepted students in a medical school has gone up less than 1.5 over the same years. And so it's not that medical schools are getting pickier and only choosing students who have higher stats. It's that students are doing better and the schools have higher stats to choose from, if you want to think about it that way. So yes, you, you still need to do well on the MCAT, but don't think about it in terms of the schools are only choosing higher stats. So when you're out there looking at amazing resources like Blueprint MCAT, they're one of the reasons why students are scoring better on the MCAT on average. Again, the average now for the MCAT is a 501.5. Students are doing better on the, on the MCAT because they realize the importance more than they have in the past. There are better tools in place more than than has been available in the past, like Blueprint's free study planner tool, Blueprint's amazing new flashcard platform, Blueprint's half-length diagnostic, they're full, free full-length, all with a free account over at blueprintmcat.com. So when you look at those numbers, always, always, always try to ask yourself, think critically, like what is this trying to tell me? And don't jump to an immediate conclusion that the world is ending and medical schools only care about higher stats. So that's a little bit longer than the MCAT Minute brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. to go sign up for a free account over at blueprintmcat.com. So our student today is very interested in figuring out what they need. This is a lot, but I'm in need of assistance, so please be kind because I feel like I'm being absolutely ridiculous. I'll try to keep it as short and to the point as possible. About 10 years ago, I decided I wanted to be a doctor, specifically an OBGYN or a pediatrician. I was a new mom, and I thought the whole thing was so fascinating for a lot of reasons, namely The time involved and how soon I'd be able to support my family if necessary, I decided to become a nurse with the goal of eventually becoming a nurse midwife. Well, fast forward to 2020, I'm in nurse midwifery program, working as a nurse, and then a pandemic hits and I have to take care of COVID patients and it does what it did to a lot of us, breaks my spirit and completely decimates my desire for direct patient care. During all this time, I never stopped wishing I was a doctor instead. But as I'm very practical, I knew that it was financially a better choice due to the speed with which I'd be able to make money. Except now it isn't. My kids are a little bit older, 11 and 13, and I hate being a nurse. I've changed my program from midwifery to public health and have so much debt from nursing school that I may as well have gone to medical school. None of my interactions with med students, residents, or attendings over the years have dissuaded me from wanting to be a physician, although the type of physician I want to be has changed a bit. The thought of starting over, though, is, well, daunting, (laughs) is an understatement. I can't imagine the amount of debt I would be in, and then what if I didn't match? Not to mention my husband is nice and supportive, but we are likely going to be divorced for reasons unrelated to my career path. I know nobody can make my decision for me, but I do wish someone would once and for all tell me that it's a stupid idea and I should stop wishing for it and figure out some less ridiculous career option or that people would tell me so many ways it's, that it's difficult but absolutely doable because I'm in limbo. I can't do what I'm doing anymore. I hate being a nurse. I love public health, but being an MD or DO who does public health seems like the best possible option. I can't do what I'm doing, though. I have to make a change. And I'm hoping someone here could give me at least a little insight. All right. So this student obviously is going through a lot. Uh, relationship stuff with, uh, I'm assuming, her husband, uh, kids, uh, and life, uh, being a nurse and being burnt out from that career path, which uh, obviously decimated a lot of uh, health care in general going through the pandemic. But there are a lot of things in what was said here that tell me that this person just, they have to bite the bullet and go to medical school and leave some of the logic behind. The logic of but, 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 but debt and and whatever else out there. Let me get to the match one first because this is the one with match week recently passed the, the fears around not matching, I think, are blown way out of proportion. Do we have a physician shortage in this country? Maybe. I don't know. The AMC says we do, but the AAMC stands to make a ton of money if we have more people applying to medical schools. So I don't really believe them. The AMA says we do. The AMA has some potential benefit of having more physicians, even though no physicians I know are part of the AMA because they don't represent physicians. They're just a lobbying body out there. Do we need more physicians? Potentially, right? I, I was thinking the other day, maybe, maybe we need physicians who go to medical school and then they're required to go into primary care for a couple of years before going on to their specialties. We have a lot of people going into subspecialties when we need more primary care docs but they go into subspecialties because of the debt. And so there's a lot of backward stuff with our healthcare system. Do we need more physicians? Probably. How many more? Probably a lot less than the AMC and AMA say we need, but I don't know. right? I'm I'm not out there evaluating. Obviously, we have an aging population. We need to be able to take care of them. I, I don't know the answer to that. So When you see numbers about we need more residency spots, and we need more medical schools, and we need more whatever, and 10,000 students didn't match into the match, like take a step back, slow down a little bit. In the U.S., less than 2,000, or, or a little bit more rather than 2,000, I think. I don't have the numbers in front of me. A little bit more than 2,000 U.S. students did not match. MD and DO a lot of those students were able to soap into at least a one-year program, meaning they had somewhere to go after medical school for at least one year. The question that nobody can answer, unfortunately the data is not available as far as I know, and if you know where it is, let me know, nobody can tell us who are these people that aren't matching. Are they students who failed their board exams? Are they students who failed rotations? Are these students who failed medical school like one year or two years or something? Are these students with some personality disorders who are really struggling during interviews? And and residency interviews are very, very, very different than medical school interviews because you are going to be working in that hospital 60 to 80 to 100 hours a week with your co-residents and the attendings and they definitely want to make sure That you are someone that they can see themselves hanging out with for a long, long time, day in and day out. And so, any quirkiness, any whatever, right? No matter who you are, we love you. But (laughs) if there's anything about you and your personality, if you're arrogant, if you're a narcissist, whatever, that potentially comes out in an interview and nobody wants to hang around with you. Potentially, I don't know. So, we don't know who these students aren't matching. So we can't make this broad statement that goes, we need 2,000 more spots because all of these doctors aren't matching. Just because someone goes to medical school doesn't mean they should be a physician. Once you go to medical school, they're going to be classmates of yours where you're like, I would never go to that person. And if you wouldn't go to that person, why would you subject somebody else to go to that person? So you have to, Think about this whole process, and this is kind of a, a rant on the match process. You have to think about residency spots and all this big picture. Who's not matching? Why aren't they not matching? The eleven thousand students students that didn't match. A lot of those, the far majority of those people are international medical graduates, non-US citizen international medical graduates. They could be Canadians who want to come train here, who went to medical school in the Caribbean. They could be Indian physicians who have finished their training. They've been in practice potentially. They could be from Britain, wherever. They could be from anywhere. Wanting to come train here, so they have to apply through the match because in this country, you cannot be a physician in another country and then just come here and work. You have to go through residency here. We can argue about the the pros and cons of that. That's not what we're talking about today. So the question is, should we open up so that anyone who wants to come here can come here? We have enough residency spots for everyone. No, the answer is no, right? Because supply and demand shows that we need to balance everything all the time. We don't have a hundred McDonald's within a one mile radius because McDonald's knows that they need to restrict where McDonald's can be so that they're not cannibalizing sales at different places, right? It's just simple economics. And so, do we need more physicians? Potentially. Do we have a crisis that that we need 100,000 more residency spots? Absolutely not. Are students not matching? Yes. Are well-qualified students with no issues in their records not matching? Yes. Now the next question is, who are they? Those well-qualified ones with no issues. They're probably students who are applying for the best residency programs where there are limitations. We only need a certain number of ophthalmologists and, and neurosurgeons and orthopedic surgeons to come out into the workforce every year. And those training spots are limited. And so If you have stats or your numbers or evaluations or whatever don't support you matching into a super competitive specialty, then you're going to have to settle for something less. And that's just the name of the game. So unfortunately, that's the name of the game, whether you like it or not. And I'm not placing judgment on the system. That's just the way the system is. And we need to deal with it. So (laughs) the first thing, that was a big rant on the match. The first thing that this student needs to understand is that is there a chance that you won't match? Yes. There's always a chance you won't match. Is it a probability? No. It's possible but not probable. So I would put that one to the side. If you work hard, if you're great at what you do, you're a good person, you're a nurse, you've been a nurse, then you probably will not have any, any issues matching. So that aside, the debt, the debt is obviously huge. Now, as a student, Uncle Sam loves to defer your, your debt as long as possible, racking up interest, and so that can get scary. That is just a financial decision that you have to make. Are you okay having financial debt for a long time? All right, and now with public loan service forgiveness, Then, or Public Service Loan Forgiveness, PSLF, I think, Public Service Loan Forgiveness. With that, is there some potential for freedom after your 10 years of of public service? Look into different options. Talk to as many people as possible. See what opportunities are out there. Maybe there's something like the National Health Service Corps that you can look into to help pay for medical school. The VA now has a VA HPSP program the health profession scholarship program to to pay for medical school and you go work at the VA, there are options out there that may help with the debt, but the debt will likely be there and you'll just have to be okay with it, unfortunately, if this is what you want. But there are things here in this statement, this question where the student, to me, just seems like they need to go to medical school, right? They, they just... They have all of these interactions with students and residents, attendings, nothing's dissuaded them. They are just afraid of what's next, afraid, logically, of the debt and the time and everything else. And I I think it's kind of true. They should have just gotten to medical school a long time ago, and they would be out and, and would be doing their thing at this point. There are amazing careers for public health, like preventive medicine, occupational medicine, in the world of of medicine around public health that i think the student would probably love to evaluate so i'm here i'm gonna be the one that says tell you so many ways that it's difficult but absolutely doable it is absolutely doable and it is difficult so if this is what you want keep pushing forward Talk to as many people as possible and see if this is what you truly want to do. Hope this was helpful. Sorry about the, the match rant in there. I'm always looking for more data about the match and physician shortages. So if you have any good non-AMA, non AMC data about physician shortages, let me know. Uh, I do know about the the objective kind of Look at we have 2.6 or 2.7, whatever it is, physicians per 100,000. There are many other countries with a lot more than that, but that doesn't look at specialists per 100,000 or primary care per 100,000. I haven't seen those nuanced numbers yet. I thought I saw them a while ago, but it's been a while. Um, So keep sharing. Uh, stats with me and data with me because I, I love looking at this. Um, do we need match reform and and craziness? I I don't I don't think so. Um, yes, there are students who don't match. I don't think anyone who wants to come train in the U.S. should. I, I don't think uh, U.S. students who go to a Caribbean school or any international school. I don't think they should be guaranteed a spot for anything, just like US students aren't guaranteed a spot. So there's there are lots of questions around all of this. And I don't know, those are my opinions and they may get me in trouble. But uh, I love you all have a great day. We'll see you next time here on the old premeds podcast.